Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. In recent months, the Federal Trade Commission issued a proposed Made in USA rule that serves as a guide for when businesses can advertise that their products are made in the United States. This proposed rule could have major implications on a number of products, including many in the natural products industry. Joining me now is Pooja Nair, partner at Irvin Cohen and Jessup LLP. She's also the head of the food and beverage group there. Welcome, Pooja. Thank you. Great to be on. So tell me, how does this proposed rule define made in USA? So the proposed rule makes it an unfair or deceptive act to make an unqualified claim that a product is made in the USA, made in America, or any variation that means the same thing, unless three different things are true about the product. So first, the final assembly or processing of the product must occur in the United States. Second, all significant processing that goes into the product has to occur in the U.S. And third, all or virtually all the ingredients or components of the product are made and sourced in the United States. And that part, the part about the ingredients, is definitely applicable to supplements and natural products because if they source a major ingredient from outside of the country, even if the product ends up being made in the U.S., it could not be marketed as made in the U.S. Yeah, that certainly stood out to me because the vast majority of ingredients are from China. Most of them are made synthetically in labs in China. So uh, this could have major implications on the dietary supplement industry. Correct. What's also interesting is that the proposed rule doesn't just cover what you actually put the label on for the product, but it also includes materials used in the direct sale or offering of sale of the product. So it could include not just the product label saying made in the USA, but any representations that are in advertising, including online advertising or mail advertising. So that's pretty far reaching. How is this different from the current definition of made in USA? So made in USA has been around around for a while. The FTC first issued made in USA enforcement back in 1997. Currently, the FTC doesn't really use much of its enforcement authority to enforce the Made in USA laws. So that's one of the key differences that the proposed rule would give the FTC the authority to penalize companies with a $43,000 fine for each violation of the Made in USA rule. Currently, that doesn't exist. And then additionally, the big difference is it's not just product labeling, but it also relates to advertisements. And so that's a lot broader than just what a company can put on the actual product label itself. But the all or virtually all ingredients standard is what's in the 1997 enforcement. It's just kind of evolved. And this proposed rule for 2020 just shows that the agency is essentially willing to flex its regulatory muscle to enforce these made-in-USA rules and make sure that companies can only issue this as an unqualified claim if those three elements that I described are true. The biggest difference is the fact that they're willing to enforce it with a $43,000 fine. Correct. For each violation. So each violation can be defined if you're, if you're making 500 of these and you've got 500 different labels. Depending on how the agency chooses to enforce that penalty, it's not spelled out in the rule. The agency could make it very painful for companies. 
Uh, yeah, that's extremely hefty. Okay, so what made them do this right now? I mean, what prompted the FTC to issue this rule after so many years? Yeah, that's a great question. So since it was passed in 1997, there's always been a lot of consumer support for a strong Made in USA rule. And the FTC has not really acted in significant enforcement actions until recently. So what's been happening in the past few years is that in May of 2019, the FTC issued its biggest enforcement to date against Williams-Sonoma for made in USA claims that were made in some, some kind of pottery barn furniture that was advertised uh, made in the US, but in fact was manufactured abroad. The FTC in that case came to a $1 million fine. That was the biggest enforcement action they had ever taken to enforce made in USA. Soon after that action started in May 2019, in September, the FTC held a public workshop to basically solicit public feedback about the Made in USA rule. And that really is what prompted this current rule, because in that September 2019 workshop, the FTC found overwhelming support. So almost every single person that participated in the workshop offered strong sentiment that they really want to have a strong Made in USA rule and that it's important to them as consumers to be clear as to when a product is really made in the USA and what that label means. And you're talking about a consumer perception report that was released along with this proposed rule, right? Correct, correct. It was a public workshop report that was released, right? I think it was released just a few days before. Okay, and that found, I want to say, three in five Americans believe that made in America means that all parts of the product, including the resources it contains, originated in the United States. Correct. When people see made in the USA on their vitamin labels, do you think most consumers do believe that those ingredients were sourced in the U.S.? That's a good question. I think that based on the based on the public information surveys, you know, there was a 2015 consumer report survey saying that eight in 10 people would pick American made products. I think there is that connotation. I think 60% is likely high. I think it's closer to somewhere between 50 to 60%. But a significant amount of consumers, when they see a specific made in USA label, they do believe that that product was made with ingredients and assembled here in the US. Mm -hmm. One thing that this pandemic has really shined a light on is the underbelly of the supply chain. I think most Americans would be shocked to learn that the vast majority of supplements on the market today are made synthetically in labs in China. A smaller chunk do come from India, but very few ingredients are produced here in the U.S. Uh, I mean, geographically, it's, it's just not possible when you consider growing altitude growing capability, et cetera, which I think is interesting because obviously things like TCM and ashwagandha do not come from the United States. Right. So it sounds like consumers overwhelmingly support this proposed rule. What has been the reaction from industry? Anytime that you have an agency really showing this willingness to flex its regulatory muscle and take enforcement actions, that's a cause for concern. The FTC and FDA have both been in a a position where they scrutinize the natural food and dietary supplements industry. You know, those, those industries are not strangers to the type of legal scrutiny. But adding that for specifically made in USA products is potential burden or hoop to jump through for industry. Mm hmm. As you kind of hinted at earlier, this is a very far-reaching proposed rule. What are some of these potential legal challenges that could come about from this? 
Well, interestingly, two of the FTC's own commissioners issued dissenting statements as the proposed rule went out. So in June 2020, two commissioners, Christine Wilson and Noah Phillips, issued their own statements suggesting that this proposed rule is an overreach of the FTC's authority. And that's pretty big. I mean, that lays the groundwork for potential challenges from industry about the scope of this rule. And the issue that they focused on was that while the FTC clearly has the ability to regulate product labels, it's less clear that the FTC has the ability to enforce a made in USA standard with advertising. And that's where the kind of the legal challenge that was raised from within the FTC came from. For those who may not know, labeling and advertising are two separate things. Correct. So labeling is more narrow. Labeling is what is actually on the product itself or on the box that the product comes in. Advertising could be emails that you receive on the product, Instagram posts that advertise the product, um, you know, in the old fashioned sense, you know, mail that comes in, you get coupons or advertisements in that way. So advertising is broader and labeling is more narrow. Everything is so digital now. It's almost like opening up Pandora's box when you throw social media and things like that into the mix. Correct. And that's what one of the commissioners had said. She said that the way that she was reading the proposed rule, that it's so broad that it could actually implicate even Instagram posts, hashtags. And if that was something that could be considered a violation, that would be huge for people in this industry and and really all industries. But because of the way that we market and the way that people deal with influencers and product promotions on Instagram, even on Facebook and, and all sorts of social media, Having a hashtag that says made in USA or made in America or America made could be something that would be a deceptive practice that could be fined by this proposed rule that would really expand the scope of what we're talking about. Yeah, and it's interesting because the FTC did come out with guidelines for online influencers just a few months ago that kind of laid out the groundwork for what they should and shouldn't do on things like Instagram. That's right. That's right. And, I, and that advertising guidance, you know, that was a big step for the agency because traditionally when, the, you know, this made in USA rule has been around in some capacity before the 1997 guidelines. It's been, there's been some enforcement of made in USA claims for around 80 years. And so the agency has obviously, when, when it was first regulating things, it was focused entirely on more traditional advertising, newspapers, print publications, mails going to consumers. And now the, as the industry and as technology and social media become more and more important, it's kind of struggling to figure out how to use its powers to regulate these and and whether it can use its powers to regulate these new types of advertising. Mm -hmm. I think that law is definitely struggling to keep up with technology these days. That's right. And the FTC Act is old. The FTC Act has been around for decades and that's the source of the agency's authority. So the, the kind of legal challenge that I see that these commissioners pointed out is that the FTC Act gives the agency the power to enforce the Made in USA standard for labels. And the agency has now taken labels and expanded that to include certain types of advertising, which the way that it's worded in the proposed rule could be very broad. A case that you've probably already seen. uh, Back in July, consumers filed a class action complaint in California federal court against Bigelow Tea 
alleging that the company falsely and deceptively represented that its tea products were made in the United States. The plaintiffs claimed that the tea manufacturer advertised that its tea products were manufactured in the USA and 100% American family owned uh, when the tea was actually grown and processed abroad. Could this impact this new proposed rule? It could. The natural foods and supplements industry is always kind of facing class action lawsuits that are related to claims that they make in advertising products or labeling products. And that's not going to go away. The Made in USA rule, as it's proposed right now, would not create an additional private right of actions for consumers, but it may influence judges who are considering whether or not a claim is deceptive under state laws. So that class action is governed by the state laws in California, which are very consumer friendly and consumer protective. So the judge in that case will have to decide whether or not an advertising practice or marketing practice is deceptive in order for this lawsuit to go forward. And if the plaintiff's lawyers are able to say, this is what a company clearly has to do in order to properly advertise or label a product as being made in USA. And if they fail to do that, that is definitely something that a judge could consider. And because the case just was just initiated, it will have some kind of impact. If Assuming that the rule is finalized, it will be something that the judge is asked to look at in making the judge's own determination as to whether California state law was violated. Got it. So we talked a little bit about the public perception. How are public comments going? And so far, has the feedback been pretty much everybody's on board with it? Right now, I've, there's about 300 and 350 public comments, and I've read through them. Most of them are supportive of the rule, but also wanted to go further. There's a lot of farmers groups, actually, that are focused on the issue of um, labeling beef made in the USA. And so that's been kind of dominating the comments right now. But I think in general, it's at least 95% of the comments are supportive. And many of those comments think that the, the rule doesn't go far enough to advise consumers about the made in US standard. Wow. So what do consumers want to see if they don't think it goes far enough? They want to see higher enforcement. Some consumers have asked for a private consumer right of action, that there would be some kind of lawsuit that consumers could file if they feel that this is violated. And then they, they want stricter monetary penalties. Essentially, that, that's what I've seen, that they want the FTC. They want to know that the FTC is really enforcing this. People expressed comments that although the Made in USA standard has been around since 1997, that the agency has really turned a blind eye and that businesses have been able to deceive consumers without really facing any consequences. Would the $43,000 fine suffice or do these consumers want to see even more? At least the people that are driven to make public comments are probably the consumers who feel the most strongly about this issue. And from reading the public comments, it feels that they want to have extremely high enforcement, even higher than this is fine. Wow. Tough crowd. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, and it's interesting because industry hasn't really participated in the public comments process. There likely is some dialogue going on behind the scenes between the FTC and different industry and business groups. And the FTC has said that they want to hear from businesses, but the overwhelming majority of, of comments that I read were definitely from consumers about this issue. What is your prediction for this proposed rule? Where do you see it going? 
I see this proposed rule being finalized despite the potential legal challenge about the breadth. Some form of this rule will be finalized. I think the three elements are going to stay the same. The real question is whether the FTC may potentially reduce the impact by focusing it on labeling rather than including advertising. But my prediction is that the rule will essentially be finalized as is, and then there will be some legal challenges based on the FTC potentially acting unlawfully beyond its authority that were outlined by those two dissenting commissioners. Mm -hmm. It's something that many of us will certainly be keeping our eyes on. The FTC, again, is accepting comments on this notice of proposed rulemaking through Monday the 14th. If you are interested in chiming in, I will have a link to that on the Neutral Ingredients USA article that accompanies this podcast. Attorney Pooja Nair, thank you so much for coming on the NutriCast today. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. If you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutriCast on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also head to NutraIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutra-related content. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutriCast next week.